Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my man, Daniel Gomez. What's Daniel? What's going on, Corey? Man, I had this on my calendar. I'll tell you what, brother. I woke up. I didn't want to get out of bed because yesterday was Mother's Day and we were just nonstop. But today, the energy I needed was like, podcast, baby, with Corey. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. Dude, you got such great energy, man. And I'll, I'll tell you guys, you know, Daniel and I connected on Clubhouse. Like, I've connected with a lot of folks. But there's something special about Daniel. And, and, He's a sales guy, so that's the first thing. <laughs> but the second thing, and all jokes aside, the second thing is he's got – here's what I love about Daniel is he's been through with his wife um, quite um, – gosh, I can only imagine difficult probably an understatement. But the perspective that you bring from what you've gone through with your wife I think is so, so, so important for anybody in business to learn and to, to listen to – because you were killing it, right? You were just, everything was great. You thought this is how it's always going to be until that day happened, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because before we went on live, we were talking about my Harley. And, you know, I've always been a Harley guy for many years since I, my brother-in-law got me in Harley. He was an easy rider, dude. So you can imagine back in the day when I was, hey, I'm 47. So this is, I'm probably like about 10 years old and I'm going through easy rider and, my dad who didn't know what we were looking at, but I'm like, I like the bikes, dad, but I really loved Harleys. I just, I would always see them, the bikes and I'd be like, dude, I'm going to get me a bike. So I've had about eight, nine of them. And I, we hadn't ridden in so many years because my wife started her breast cancer journey four years ago. And I woke up yesterday and I said, so what do you want to do, honey? She's like, well, I don't know. She goes, you want to go for a ride? And dude, like, I didn't realize how emotional I was going to be about it because it had been four years that we've ridden and I ridden around the block once like in the four years, a couple of times. And that was it. But we rode and dude, I cried. Like it was just like, it brought healing because 
she was my writing partner and I kind of that that old how can I say this man like it was good with her on the bike and we actually cried again this morning together and she said you know I really enjoyed the ride I said me too and she teared up and but sometimes you don't realize what you got bro until you realize what you almost lose and so many times I and you know I'm, I'm a big advocate of be successful have money to help people out and you know, I like nice things. I've had the Corvettes, the Mont Blocks and Rolexes. But there was a part of me four years ago when I got that call, man, from my wife when I couldn't understand what she was saying. And all I heard was the word breast cancer. And from that point forward, Corey, my life just changed forever. So one thing that is such a powerful story, dude. And the one part that I, I really want you to, to, to explain to everybody is, you know, you really felt like when you found this out that you had, you know, you worked all the time, just like, you know, like I do now, right? And and like you do, I'm sure you still do work extremely hard. Um, but, but there's something changed, right? In your work ethic, something changed in the amount of time that you spent on your craft when this happened, correct? Yeah, well, the, the thing with this is that I had been running multi-million dollar organizations, automotive dealerships for almost 20 years and very successful at it. Like I said, had we had all the toys and we didn't need anything. Our house was paid off. And when I got that phone call, dude, I was put in a, in a position where God said, you're not listening to me. As I was going home, that check engine light was on and he goes, how long has that check engine light been on in your life that you've been ignoring it? I've given you a fender bender. I've given you little bumps in the road, but you're not getting it, man. And it's time. It's time that you kind of open your eyes and realize that you're, you're hurting people and you're not even realizing it, which was my wife. Cause I was very profitable at work. I knew how to run dealerships. I knew how to run my home. We were, like I said, our house was paid off, but at what cost? And sometimes we don't realize you don't count the right cost. And man, I just, I looked at the check engine light just, and I asked your audience right now, do you have that check engine light on your, on your, on your life on right now? Is that check engine light in your car on? And maybe it's a representation of the lights on in your life too. And you're ignoring it because you just keep running. And then the engine blows up a month later and you're like, what happened? Hey, the, the warning signs have been there. And you've just been ignoring it. And man, I'll tell you, I didn't know what to do, to be honest with you, Corey. I didn't really have the answers, but I knew that. When I was younger, God was in my life a lot more. And I got some success and I thought that it was on, it was all Daniel, right? My head was so big, I couldn't walk through the door sometimes. Egotistic, you know, ambitious. And it was just not a good thing, man. But I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. And the thing is this, is that I never forget a friend of mine. He said, hey, man, is it cool? My pastor goes and says a prayer for your wife. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, for sure. So that first night before, like the first couple of weeks before my wife had her, she decided to have a double mastectomy. This pastor shows up to our house and he's like, how you doing? And we're introducing each other to each other. And then he goes, is it okay if I pray for your wife? And in my eyes, I'm like, well, I didn't say this, but I said, well, yeah, stupid. That's why you're here, right? Like, why would I tell you to come? I mean, with all disrespect, that's why you're here. But I said, yes, sir. But, you know, I... I as time went on, I reflected back on that night, Corey, and he saw something in myself that I couldn't see within me, that I had come in so far from God and my heart wasn't in the right place. And I remember as, as, as that night went on and 
my wife made a decision to have a double mastectomy. We found out September, November came around and she did her thing with the surgery, right? She said, it's your decision. I remember coming home tipsy and pulling up to a stop sign, man. And the song was coming out by Micah Taylor. I want to be different. And I just cried. I said, God, I need some help. And man, that night, my life just changed for the better. And I'll tell you, my relationship with my kids are amazing. I didn't realize how much I had hurt my kids. Like, you know, we say stupid things like, can't you do anything right? And it stays with them. So I want to I want to encourage your audience, like really listen to what we're talking about because your family is hurting and you don't even realize it. Yeah, and it's a lot of it. I think is awareness, right? I think we get so consumed with our day to day, with everything that we have to do. You know, if you're like me, I wake up, I, I do some little bit, of, I do my prayer meditation, and and I spend some time with myself. And then I'm off to the races and, and, and lots of, lots of days, I'm going to be honest with you, lots of days, nothing else matters other than my mission. And, and that's exactly what you're talking about, not doing, right? You're, 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 you're talking about not putting things before the most important things of your life. And I'd love to share this with you in 2018, in October, my business partner came to me and said, "I, I can't pay you anymore. And and that was uh, that was that was really hard for me because I thought this business was going to be the end all be all, and it just wasn't. Um, it, it and it worked out for the best because ultimately we were three hundred and fifty grand in debt, and I had absolutely no idea. And for those folks that are listening, if you're in business with somebody and you're not paying attention to all the things in your business, something's going to slip through the cracks and. That was his one job was to take care of the finance, the finances, right? We had a bookkeeper. We had somebody that was handling all of it, but she wasn't qualified. And I didn't know because I just assumed that everything was okay. But one other thing is I, what I realized, and you made me think of this a second ago, is that I was so egotistical and I was so I'm the owner, do what I say, kind of uh, that, that was, I don't even want to say I, that was the kind of leader I was because that wasn't, I wasn't a leader. I was, uh, you know, I was, you know, kind of a jackass, if I'm being honest, but that was the wake up call for me. And just realizing that, you know, it's not all about the money. It's not all about um, the things that you can go and do and buy. And, and it is about those relationships. It is. And, and, and often I forget that still to this day, I still forget it. I think we all do. I think we all go through that period. I think for me, my first wake, I, I believe it's it, life says so many times, especially as men, we put so much pressure on ourselves and it's a journey of becoming. So if I say anything to you, Corey, as a friend and to your audience, it's a journey of becoming. You're becoming who you were meant to be. And it doesn't happen overnight because we have all this crap, all this shit on us that comes from childhood and from being heartbroken in high school, people say, oh, I was just puppy love. Bullshit. I tried to commit myself. I, 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 I was angry at this person because we had midnight promises, right? Like Pat Benatar says, we made those midnight promises. And I might have been 14, 15, 17 when we split up. But hey, my heart hurts. I'm human. And then you add that into 
smoking pot and sex, drugs, rock and roll. And then you stop caring about people. And then you're like, well, is this the way I really want to live? Well, no, it's not right. So then you take that chance again and you love again. And then, but the thing is now you're, you're loving from a place of filters. So you're not really all in, you're in at first, but then, you know, your subconscious takes over and you're like protecting yourself. And then you have kids and then it's like, wow. Right. Like, but I say this because I've learned that it's a journey of becoming who you were created to be. And it doesn't happen all in one process. And, and we're right where we're supposed to be. Yeah. This, this, this show, this show isn't by accident, right? This, there's a, there's a reason that we connected on, 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 on Clubhouse. There's a reason that, you know, we gravitated towards each other. There's a reason for that. And I have mad love and respect for you because it's like, it's, we just, we just get along that way, but it's like, it was destined to be because somebody in your, in your audience needs to hear this, that life is important. Your wife is important. Your kids are important. Work is important. Don't get me wrong. I love, I mean, and I don't want to say this the wrong way because God's been working on this in my heart, right? But I love money just as much as the next successful guy. But God's taught me that, hey, if you allow money to master you, I'm not going to give you any more. Yeah. So I had, to, I had to learn, right? I, this, is, this is a good takeaway that they need to write down, right? What you can walk away from, you have mastered. What you can walk away from, you have mastered. And I can tell you that I've walked away from some deals because it's just, whether it's shady or if it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big believer of some of these movements with CBD, right? I don't, I mean, that's one thing, but to buy marijuana or pot, like it's, it's not legal here. So I'm not going to be involved in it. But I say that as an example of at what cost, at what values, right? I have a friend of mine, you might've seen him. He's there in Clubhouse. Chris Salem always talks about his values, values. And it's, it's really been ingrained in me these past year and a half to now when I come do business or try to do it from a different perspective of well, what are your values? Because if your values don't line up with mine, I don't believe in that. I don't right. believe in a lot of things. I don't believe in, not that I'm better, but it's just like, Hey, if it's, if it's going to hurt somebody, no, I don't want to do that. Or if it's has to do with this, Hey, I, I believe I respect everybody, but I don't need a dollar that bad. And I can tell you because I've walked in the integrity of, of, of who I am and God's honored that like we doubled in 2020, our business, we had a record breaking first quarter. And like today I woke up, I was like in a little funk because my, like I said, it was mother's day, but it's like, I'm not worried about it because I know that God's going to bless me for doing the, for honoring my wife yesterday and waking her up and getting her coffee and getting her water and doing all these little things. It's like, I've learned that if I do the right thing, at the end of the day, I'm going to get double for my trouble or double for being obedient. And the Bible clearly states that, right? In obedience, there's blessings. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So I would encourage everyone, like we we're talking about, put your pride aside, put your ego aside. Your kids just want to hug maybe. And that's okay. Like I would be the, like true story, man. I, I would be the guy on the computer and my son would walk in and I'd be like, I'm busy, man. And then like God says, no, you got, like he, he took the time to get home excited to see his dad and come up the stairs and he took time to come in your office. This is when I first opened up my business and you don't have two minutes to, to really acknowledge him. That's right. But I had to change that within myself. Cause right. That those, those instinctive behaviors are still there, but you deal with them. And now it's like the other day he came home, right. And he's not a little baby. He's he bench presses 300 and something pounds. He's a, <laughs> bigger than me, but he's like, how many 19-year-old kids at the time want to spend time with their old man? Not many. Not many. And God says, you better shut down that computer. And then he came home this past spring break and 
you know what, dude? Let's just let's play video games. You want to play video games? And it's all good. So that's why it's like when I've learned to put God first, my family, then business comes, man. And I'll tell you that I think I, I truly believe that that's been my formula of success. And I'll challenge anybody on that. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Well, you know, and it's funny that you bring this up right now because I'm currently dealing with this, right? I, my wife said today, um, my wife got, not my wife, my daughter got in trouble and she's like an angel. Like she just doesn't get in trouble. She's told a little white lie. It was not even that big of a deal. But, you know, you have rules in place, so on and so forth. So I said, I want you to read this book and it was called, the, it's called The Richest Man of Babylon. So I want you to read this book and I want you to do a report on it that's your punishment and so she did and so she finished it and she was super excited and my wife said listen she did a lot of work on that you need to take the time to read it because she's super excited to share it with you and I hate to say this but I'm gonna say it my wife has to tell me stuff like that sometimes because I just don't I'm so caught up in my day-to-day that I just don't pay attention and that two minutes that you just spoke about is it rings true in my own life all the time. And I have to make a conscious effort. Yeah, because it, it, well, we don't realize and using the story you just gave, think about this, like she's excited, hey dad. And we told her to do it, right? As, as the parents to say, and look, she put her heart and soul into it. And when, we'll just say you get the paper and then you just throw it to the side. What you're really saying is what you, what you, you and what you do is not important without even verbalizing it. That's what you say. And then she internalizes that and says, why must not really matter to my dad? So when then it lowers her self-esteem and then instead of attracting the right person in her life, she'll say, well, my dad don't give a crap. Why should I? And you know what? Let's go. Right. And then the guy she brings home, it's like, it's not the tear that you wanted because we don't realize that, well, you're the one that said, well, let me just chunk this paper to the side because, and think about the second one. You say, oh, yeah, let's do this, right? You take time, you go over it. You say, hey, well, what are three things you really learned from this? Oh, really? Wow, awesome. And how, how are you going to pass that to your life? And then she's like, man, dad really cares what I wrote. I mean, what's that going to do about her? That, you know, I, I write about this in my book, Sticker Shock, how a child is not affirmed, doesn't have the confidence as a child who is affirmed. And what you're doing with those words is you're affirming her. So now if someone comes along later on in road and says, Hey, like, she's going to be like, you don't have the time of day for me. Well, you know what? My dad took time for me. You're not the right person for me. Cause you as a father, you've set that standard. That's right. And so I want to take that just one step further in, you know, when, when our children are ages three to seven, I believe it is from three to seven is when their minds are formed. And if, and during that time, and honestly, I didn't know this when she was between three and seven, but the, the things that we do and say, it shapes the rest of their life. Yes, big time. So important. 
Yeah, it does. It you know, my <laughs> you remind me of a time when we we, we before we, we've been in our new house going on a year already in July. But before we moved, we had we were in our home. Like the, like people said, well, what's your biggest accomplishment in life? I was like, I gave my kids a home. Like what? I go, yeah, we had a home for twenty years. We didn't have to move. Like that was our home. They went. I always thought it was the coolest thing, right? When 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 Corey was teacher would say, Corey, now if you don't listen, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get your big brother John boy. And it's like I, I would be like, how badass would it be to share the same teachers as your brothers and sisters, right? Because I didn't experience that. We moved every year and a half because we just we didn't own the home when I was little. We always rented and lease. And see, I would say to myself, you know, I want to give my I would love to experience that. And God knew that, right? So He gave me my kids shared teachers and. They went to the same elementary, middle school, high school. And, but I say that because it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a, one of the best things I've ever done. And in that house, we used to, I used to wake them up just like this. I would, we would yell and scream, right? My neighbor says, yeah, I was going to call the cops on you. And I was like, why? She goes, cause you and your wife always fight. And that's like, she goes, it's always in the morning. And I'm thinking like, what the heck is she talking about? I'm going to use a short version. And I'm like, oh, Miss Palacios, yes, no. I go, we say affirmations. She's like, what? And she thought I was lying. Luckily, my daughter came out. I'm like, Ali, like they're, they're already programmed, right? Go, Ali, I'm a winner. Then my daughter, I'm a winner. I'm a champion. I'm a champion, right? And then, like, she's like, you do what every morning? I go, yeah, that's the way I wake up my kids. We yell and scream, I'm a winner. I'm a champion. I love myself. I am somebody. And I can tell you, when I started my business, Corey, that when I wanted to give up, when I wanted to give in, you know, my son was the one that reminded me, remember dad, you're the one that tells me winners never quit and quitters never win. It's instilled in him. And I see it in my kids, like, because I've conditioned them that way. Like they, you know, we're human. We are all human. But when that adversity comes, it was my daughter that pushed us through. There was times when my wife was going through her breast cancer journey. It was my daughter that went out there and because we had stopped going to church and she goes no we got this church she goes come on dad we got to go and i'm like no i don't want to go she goes dad you need to come to church with us let's go like they weren't asking right they were like let's go like so i you know of course you get upset but it's like i look back and i think about man like our kids got in this year like like it's a family unit and yeah the dad leads when he needs to lead but he instills in them what they need to know to lead when you can't always be, I mean, you're always a leader, but you don't always have to be leading. That's right. And, and that's interesting that you say that because, you know, lots of times as men, I think that we do. We, I know for sure we think that we have to fix everything. And, and I think that we think that we have to be the leader all the time. And lots of times you do need to show up as that leader, even when you don't feel like it, because you're the example. I'm the example. Yeah. And, and look at, I want you to understand is, yeah, like head of the household, the leader doesn't always have to be the most loud, the loudest one, the most boisterous. It's like, you, everybody has talents, everybody, kids, right? Like I said, my son, he's 21 years old. He's going to be a, a senior in high school, but he's a, he, he's a man's man. He's a little dude in age, right? But I mean, by stature, he's, he's bigger than me. He squats 400 pounds. He deadlifts 450 and, but, and he's in band. And I, and I remember I didn't want him to be in band. I'm like, dude, like, you don't quite, like play football. He's like, dad, he did play football, but he goes, I want my hearts in band. And I'm in my mind, right? I'm thinking my son's in seventh grade, skinny, scrunchy little kid. Like they're going to pick on him. Cause I knew that. Cause that was me in sixth grade. And now it's just like, 
okay, Jay, like, right? He goes, dad, you're the one that says, do what you believe in. So I said, do it, right? I didn't argue with them. And I mean, as he developed and he liked weightlifting because I always worked out. It's like, God put him there to take care of these smaller kids that couldn't defend themselves. And there was one time I was like, what happened? He goes, oh, he, got he didn't get in trouble, but he, they, they, they mentioned it to me at school. I go, yeah, he was like defending the kid. I was like, what happened? He goes, no, he just, he didn't get it. Like I said, but the fact is that there was some scrunch little kid and somebody was being a bullet in them. And Jonah goes like, dude, why do you want to do that? So they sent my son to the office, but it was like, he goes, no, he goes, I didn't do nothing. I just told him, don't be doing that. What are you, his defender? He goes, well, I'll have to, if I need to be, I will, but don't be picking on him. He didn't do nothing to you. And just those words, right? Not, not being violent, but just don't leave him alone. Like he didn't do nothing to you. So I know that God put him there for a reason. So it, it's just now like seeing them later, it's like, wow, like. That's a fantastic story. It really is. I mean, it, and I think it's so important that I think you should be so proud that he was able to even step out and stand up for the kid that was getting picked on. Because look, lots of times people just walk on by, right? They, they won't take the time because they don't want to take their precious time to help other people when they need the help. And, and that was a great example of, of somebody stepping out of their way. And honestly, it sounds like to me, he even got in a little bit of trouble because of it, but he was doing it for the right reasons. And that changes everything. Yes, you know, in life, I had to learn to let go. After you, you think you're in control, right? We, we, we think we're in control. Even think about it. Everybody thought they were in control to 2020, 20, 20 February. And, and then March 15th came around and they closed the whole world down on March 16th, whatever it was. And we realized that we're not even in control. And we're so used to trusting in our own abilities, Corey, in life and business and every aspect. And then we're put in a situation where it's like, what do we need? What are we going to do? And you're scared and you know the people that got scared in 2020 of march they they froze they didn't do anything business is closed but the people that were innovative and for for me right i relied on my higher higher power which is jesus christ my lord and savior and man i wouldn't be where i'm at it wasn't for him but i say that because there comes a time where you have to be less daniel reliant and for me i became more god reliant and my kids see that, right? And I live it out every day. Do I still like to have a margarita once in a while? Yeah, I'll have a margarita with them. It was Mother's Day yesterday. We went and had dinner, lunch. It was, it was a great time. By no means am I perfect, but I know my values and I know my foundation. And even though my foundation may be shaken, the word that comes to mind is that I want to ask your audience is, how's your integrity? And not integrity as far as moral integrity, but what's the integrity of your foundation of your life and your business? How strong is it? Are you going to have the foundation, the integrity, the strength of the first little pig, right? I always talk about the three little pigs when I teach it because people remember it. The first little pig had a straw house. The wind came and blew it off. They ran to the stick house. We're safe now. And so many people felt safe because, hey, I had, you know, my job title. And then all of a sudden the, the, the stick house went away. Their job title, the job was the, the gone. And then they ran to the brick house where the wolf blew and guess what COVID couldn't blow those houses down because our foundation was in the Lord. Right. And, and look, people were, you know, unfortunately lives were lost. It's part of life, right? It's part of 
it's part of the cycle of life, whether you go back to the Holocaust and world wars and people die, right? You think about America, look at the movie, right? Look at the movie Braveheart, Mel Gibson, did a, they did a great story on that. Our freedom wasn't free. And we forget about the prices that were paid. And unfortunately, this past year of 2020, there was lessons to be learned that, that we, maybe we got too selfish like Daniel Gomez did and we got too big headed like Daniel Gomez was. And it's just, the world will correct itself. Yeah, because, because there, there's laws, right? There's laws of the universe, and we don't realize that. That's exactly right. And and look, if you go against those laws, you'll find out real quick. But I want to go back for a second because you said something about control, and I want to share this story with you. I went in. Was supposed to go in March. I think it was like March the twentieth or something of last year. I was supposed to go and do my first ayahuasca journey, um, and. It got postponed naturally because of COVID. But when I went back, when I went, when I finally got down there my first time, um, actually, no, it was my second time, not the first time. The, the first time, not a lot happened. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with ayahuasca, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's an Amazonian tea that you drink and you, you get a bit more spiritual, you get a little bit more insight, so on and so forth. And so one of the things that, so I interviewed the medical director the second time I went down for this podcast and the card in the camera was almost full so it ran out halfway through the interview and nobody knew and so we had to redo the interview but that was god's way of saying to me you need to listen because you didn't catch it the first time and i didn't realize realize all this until after the fact but the guy said to me he said so Corey, he said do you think you struggle with control and i said well you know, pop, yeah, of course, I, I do struggle with a little bit of control. He was like, so he said, you didn't have, you know, an incredibly massive breakthrough the last time you were here. So I think this time it may make sense for you just to like leave Corey out of it and you just let the medicine do what the medicine is supposed to do and not try to control it. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to do that? I said, I thought I did that last time. He said, well, you didn't because you didn't get the result you were looking, you didn't get the result. He was like, so he said, you know, just shut your eyes and lay back and let the medicine do the work. And I got to tell you, when I did that, I don't know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds possibly went by. It couldn't have been more than that. And, and it happened as soon as I let go, as soon as I just relaxed my body and just let whatever was going to happen, happen, which is not my normal it's not normal for me to think that way. I don't let things just happen the way they happen. I make sure they happen the way I need them to happen. And so it was a different experience, but I'll tell you, it made me realize how much I control things in my life. And it, and it showed me that if I just step back for a minute and not try to control everything, that maybe there's a better plan out there than what I have. Yes. Well, think about it this way. Whenever you have, we'll just say you have a flat tire. Well, maybe that's keeping you from having a major accident. Maybe you can't find your keys. Maybe that's an accident that you would have had. And maybe when you see it from that perspective, now like, oh, you're getting the lessons now, right? Like yesterday, we went to go have the old Daniel. We were at the restaurant and just the service was terrible. And because I'm in, I'm in the service, right? I, I, I teach customer service. I teach sales. And the old Daniel would have been like, 
this is bullshit. Get your manager. Like, right. It's mother's day. And I just, I almost, I, I almost like triggered, but I caught myself and I just said, I just asked the guy, Hey, can we have some chips? And then he goes, yeah. So then the waitress came by. I said, are you a mother? She's like, yeah. I said, well, happy mother's day because my heart's changed. And I've learned that sometimes people just have bad days. And I'm like, and I think when you see it from a different perspective, I'm like, I'm blessed enough to be here with my daughter and my wife celebrating Mother's Day. This lady is serving us. She, the order took longer, which is, it happens. And then I was so much peaceful because I let go, right? It's like, she's a mom. Don't you think she wants to be home with her kids? But we're so used to, we're, we're so selfish. I'll be honest, right? I was so selfish that we just see it from our perspective. But when you look at the whole picture, it's like, maybe she right. just needed to hear that that day because maybe she was feeling guilty because I don't know how her kids were, but maybe whatever reason. But when you really just let go, because we, we said we're not in control anyways. The, the, the thing is this, is that the more you try to be in control, the more you're not. And I'll never forget my, my older daughter, she's a uh, Brittany. I had her when I was in high school and she came and lived with me and she was doing really well. And then all of a sudden she ran away and like, then she came looking for me to help me her out. And I was like, okay, great. But I used to worry about her a lot. Right. And I just said, well, what can I do? Cause sometimes I would come across like that helicopter dad to say, and I remember God told me, are you going to be God or are you going to let me be God? Are you going to trust her to me? And it's a hard thing to really see your daughter going through what she's doing. Through when you have the monetary means to do it, but God just says, just, you got to let go, dude. And I can tell you that full circle, it was hard to do that, but God's been with her every step of the way. Like, you know, he's given her great jobs that she didn't qualify for. And she's doing well, but God honors your faith. And when you release that faith, I would say faith is a lot better than control. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. Right? Yeah. You, you, you mentioned earlier, I asked you, I said, you know, on your podcast, I said, on your podcast, do you ask certain questions? And, and you said, yeah, you know, there's three questions. And I actually don't even remember the first two. But the, the third one, you said, I always ask for a Bible verse. And I thought, man, which one would I say? And I said, well, I have to be, I think it's even, and I'm not even Bible. Like, I, I don't know that much about the Bible. But I think it's Second Corinthians 5, 7. I, if my memory serves me correctly. And it's, you know, walk by faith, not by sight, which just means that you have to believe in things before they happen if you want them to happen well yeah because it's 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 kind of like that it's a law of expectation if we don't expect anything good to happen it's not going to happen That's and true. when you walk when you walk by faith it's like so many times we want things to be certain and they're not especially in business right we're both in business we both do we teach sales and and we try to add value where we can but there's sometimes where it's like we're not going to have the answers and it's like how do you know? It's like, well, I don't. I'm just going with my instinctive faith, knowing that this is the decision to make. And I think about this. When, when, when the idea came up to, to have the Sticker Shock Speaking Academy, this is like in the beginning of COVID. And I called my publisher. I said, hey, Michael, God put this idea in my mind. What do you think? He goes, 
dude, it's rocking. Let's do it. I'm like, okay. Right. Like, but I was scared. I'm like the world shutting down and God saying, have a sticker shock speaking Academy live. We did it. We had over 20 speakers. We had like 21 speakers live came in from California, Baltimore, everywhere. And no one wanted to leave because by that time, right. COVID started in March. They said, well, it's going to last maybe 30, 60 days. They said, well, okay, by May will be over with. It was July already. So people were antsy to get out, right? It was, now we understood <laughs> it's not up to us. So no one wanted to go home from sticker shock because it was like a revival, they said. But even though they learned it was a business, it was purely secular, God's spirit showed up and people didn't want to leave. But we had put it to say, it was our best revenue generating event. And since then we made an online course. We had another one in March. We're going to have another one in September. But I say this because if I wouldn't have acted on that idea that God put in my heart because of fear, I would know it's not no, right? I would have listened to the critics or listened to what like me. I said, no, by faith, right? God said to have this event, we're going to do it. He confirmed it through Michael. Let's go, right? Let's just do it. And I've never looked back. Now we trademark the name and it's going to be something that we're going to do long-term. I enjoy doing the event, but besides, besides, the, the revenue and the business aspect of it is like to meet with people and see them see their speaker reels on stage and but if it was Daniel's decision I would have been like man you're crazy not during not during COVID right no way but you got to walk by faith like you said man you, you have to but so many times you want everything to be perfect and it doesn't work out that way sometimes those sometimes those situations that ain't perfect right those imperfections are put there to work out the imperfections in us Right. But we don't, but we don't see it. That's a, dude, you're a hundred percent right. Because we think, well, nothing can be wrong with me. Right. Like I'm doing everything right. And I'll tell you, I can't, I'm so <laughs> glad this came up because I'm listening to Chris Voss's book, never split the difference probably for the third time now. And he says something really important. He said, you know, he said, uh, he said, you, you may consider yourself a normal person. And I thought, well, okay, yeah, yeah, probably probably fairly normal. And then he goes on to say, he said, you know what? Your normal is your normal, right? Not every, It's not the person you're talking to is normal. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if he's exactly how he said it, but the point is, 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 is that 66% of the time, we think we're talking to somebody that's like us, but 66% but of the time, we're not talking about we're not, we're not talking to us. We're talking to an entirely different person that doesn't learn. They don't hear. They don't see the thing the way we see. And if we're trying to explain something from our standpoint, you, I have a 66% chance you won't get it. Right? Yeah. Isn't that wild? And, and, and he's right. So at that point, that's when it's like I've learned to be like, you got to be genuine. Because perspectives are going to be different, right? Perspectives... And that's what you're talking about, right? The, your normal is somebody's perspective. And, and, and when I do this corporate training, I take colored sunglasses. And I said, if these are these blue glasses, what everything going to look like in the room? They're like, blue. I'm like, yeah. Okay, if I put on these red ones, what's everything going to look like? Red. But what's changing in the room? Well, nothing. It's the glasses. Yeah, that's your perspective. Right. And when you see it from there, that's where people mess up because they want to they, they want to sell from their perspective they want to do business from their perspective and i've that's learned right. like hey man 
I don't know everything, but when you lead with your heart, all I know is what I bring to the table is going to help you do better in business. And maybe it's, you don't see the sales part of it, or you don't see the business part of it because you're blocking your own path. So it's a heart issue. So that I can fix. And once we fix your heart, then you'll be more open-minded to the stuff that we really got to take care of as far as the business side. But until you open your heart, there ain't nothing we can do. And many, think about that, 90, over 95% of businesses fail within the first year. Then the second five years, 90% fail. Why? Because it's, it's, you got to lead with your, in, this, in today's market, you got to lead with your heart because the strategies that worked in 20, 2010, 2015, 20, right, 2019, they're not working anymore. It's different. different and name. Look at that. If you would have said some app is going to come out and take over all, you're going to be like, there's no way. Facebook's worth billions of dollars. Yeah. Well, guess what happened to Blockbuster? They had a big right. head. They had a big head. And they were insulted when, when they had the chance to buy Netflix for $50 million and they passed. Well, guess what? Now comes Clubhouse. And there's some dominant social media platforms out there. But think about it. That's right. Nobody saw this coming, did they? Yeah. So I mean, that's the, is, Yeah, go ahead. And that's the way business is. That's the way business is. And you just, you just got to keep going. And believe me, it, it's, it's never... Everybody says, man, entrepreneurship is beautiful. I love it. But you're going to cry. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to shed some tears, but you're going to meet great people like Corey. And you're going to have fun. But when you open your heart, everything falls in place. But never underestimate the little guy because we all start off little. And if you think that that's not true, think about, read the story about Truett, right? Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, his intentions were to have Chick-fil-A. And now... They're going to, I mean, I, I don't know how much longer, but I think that, I think they really, I, I don't quote me on this, but I want to say that they're, they're, they, they haven't passed McDonald's yet in, in revenue. They're close to it. Right. With probably half the stores. Yes. Yes. Why? Yes. Because their customer service is amazing. Not once do you go through that drive-thru or that you go into that Chick-fil-A that they don't say, it's my pleasure. To serve you. And that, that is what, it's not that their sandwiches are necessarily better. They, I think they're probably better, but you know, it's not like, uh, it's not like they're a hundred and everybody else is at a 10, but that my pleasure is, was that I think the cornerstone of them developing this amazing business. And here's the other thing that we left out. They want to even open Sunday, and, 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 and they're crushing, and they're doing the numbers that almost like McDonald's are doing. That's impressive. Yes, but you know what's even? So we were talking about values earlier, right? So think about they live what they talk about. When you go to the corporate office and you go to these leadership trainings and trainings, they don't. You they have. I thought about it when I heard about it. I was like, wow, right? How many? How many corporate offices don't charge their employees for lunch? I don't know. We've been They don't, right? Right. right? <laughs> yeah, the cafeteria is there. Guess what? <laughs> Buy your lunch. Right. And, it, and in some cities, you got to pay for parking too, right? So you, you got to pay that $100 a month for parking. But you go to Chick-fil-A, lunch is free at the corporate office. If you work there, they don't charge you for anything and you get to have whatever you want. And it's it's... It's th- what I'm saying is you cannot outgive 
God, you cannot outgive the universe. And they right. believe in giving back to their employees. They really believe in giving back to their employees and they set them up to succeed. And people see this and they buy into the, the values that they're trying to teach their like rightful trade of the customer. This is easy because, right? I can do this. Why? Because they're living it out. <laughs> That's right. And, and so yeah. many businesses out there are failing because they're trying to say, well, I'm a business of integrity, right? I'm blah, blah, blah. But behind the scenes, they're telling, they're talking behind their employees and talking crap about the customers and whatever it may be. And I get it. It's not, it's not easy, but what is that? At what cost are you going to finally open your eyes and say, I got to do something differently because what I'm doing, it isn't working. Isn't it bizarre that, that, that a lot of people go through life Mo, I'd say most, and they just don't ever realize that there's so much more to this than just your day-to-day, just uh, going to work and coming home and probably popping in front of the television. There's just so much more to life. And and I would say, if anybody's listening to this and you're questioning whether you are maximizing everything in your life, then if you're asking asking yourself that question right now, then there's probably a reason for that. And, and I'd suggest maybe look at some of the things that we've talked about today because we've really hit on some very important things that it, just in life, you know, just in life and in business. You know what I call it? People are too busy chasing the wind. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. They are. And look, I chase the wind. I do. But I also know that it can't be just about the win. It has to be the win for you first, and then I have to win, right? If you're the customer, you have to be the winner. I can be the winner after the fact. But right now, you have to feel like the winner. And if your customer or client doesn't feel like the winner, that's probably why you're not being, that's probably why you're not successful. Yeah. I can tell you that when you really, approach business from a hard point and you really look at what you have and you're really grateful for it, then everything's going to change. What do I mean by that? You, you're probably saying, man, I'm stuck here on this level. My revenue is not increasing, Daniel, and my life sucks. It's not getting better. What do you have around you that you're not grateful for? Right? Cause one thing that I've learned is, Gratitude is a key for more. Gratitude is a key for promotion. And if maybe you're, maybe you're not, well, I'm not that entrepreneur, well, great. But you've been stuck in that same position that you're tolerating because you're not grateful for it. You talk about everybody, you gossip and nothing kills, right? No, nothing's going to kill your future like gossiping and complaining. And then you throw in that ingratitude and you talk about a life that's going to be stuck in a rut, whether you have your own career or whether you're that entrepreneur that's going out there trying to make business because you have to have some type of gratitude within your heart and you have to understand that complaining is, is, complaining is just going to get you stuck because the more think about it which we I, I i want them to understand i always say this in my in my training joking around what you speak about you bring about so the more you speak about complaining the more complaints you're going to bring to yourself so why even go down that rabbit hole <laughs> no you're right and and here's the other thing what good does it do for me to tell you how bad things are? Does it do you any good to hear about how bad my things are? No. In fact, it's a simple play that 
I just want to share my misery with somebody so they feel just as bad as I do. <laughs> and, and, and people do it all the time. Yeah. And, and I love what you just said too, because sometimes too, we complain about the person in front of us or beside us or somebody else. And I get this, like just this past week, I did a big training and I was just like, you know, when you complain about that person and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of times we see ourselves at them and then they were like, they got quiet and they're like, cause I were like, yeah, 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 you're right. Like I was kind of like pumping them up. I go, you know what the ironic thing about everything we're just talking about? Like, what's that? Most of the times it's a reflection of who we are. That's right. And then they're like, wow, right? I didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great, man. And I'm, you know, because we, we were, I was on the, I was on Clubhouse before we got on. And uh, there's a, a gentleman, his name is Dr. Wong. And he's a brain, a brain surgeon, brain doctor, something to do with medical in the brain. He's a pretty smart dude. And we were talking about how, you know, how we, we can rewrite what's going on with in our life, right? So here's the example. I had a back injury. I hurt myself in the gym years ago. And I took pain medicine for years. Now, I wasn't like hooked on the pain medicine per se, but mentally I felt like I needed it so I wouldn't feel the pain. But the reality is after listening to Joe Dispenza and realizing that I can change that. And I did. I changed it just through my mind. As simple as that. And I focused on healing that part of my back. I don't have any back issues anymore. And that's the power of the mind. And you can do that with anything. It doesn't matter what. If I can do it for my back, we can do it for anything. And it's just, uh, it's super powerful. Super powerful. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing is, this is what we don't realize that it's, it, we have, we've all heard it before, right? What we focus on, we attract. So the more you focus on the pain, the more you focus on the sickness, the more you focus on that. And, and I can say this from, from confidence because when my wife was diagnosed with her breast cancer like the stats she didn't follow any stats because she was young younger than most women right most women are over 55 and she was like 40 i think she was 43 when she got diagnosed but everything that they told us was like doomsday to be honest with you and i remember i told her no like they're like well how do you know your coaching works daniel it's because my wife's alive dummy <laughs> <laughs> Right? because because the doctors are telling her this and they're telling her that and i mean all they know is science and granted i i respect that but it's like no like like you said earlier my faith doesn't allow me to believe that my wife's gonna be fine she's gonna she's gonna live like i know this as long as daniel does what he needs to do everything's gonna be good right in my mind and i don't mean that like what i do but my faith in god being a better husband being a better father cutting out all the bull crap out of my life and, and really trying to be that role model that I was, that I needed to be like my, even my, like my daughter, whom I love a lot, my little girl, she's going to, she's Alicia. She's going to get married here in November. She's like my biggest hero, but she's my biggest skeptic, right? Like dad, that's just going through a phase to see how long this phase lasts. Because I would do it before. I, when I was younger, I would play softball for two months and or three. 
and then be like, oh, dad's playing racquetball now. He got some racquetball. You know, I had either a baseball bat or racquetball, tennis racket or not tennis, but racket. What was the other one? Basketball. And then there was um, bowling. I did bowling for a little while. But it was just like, dad's just going through a phase. But then when she says like, like, like wow, right? Like, dad's doing it. Like, he's really trying to change. And, you know. It's a good feeling, and, isn't it? Yeah. And, and then, and then. And then uh, she, uh, like she was, she's here right now because she's working on her, her master's and my grandson's, that way it's not quiet. She'll come over here and hang out. And she's like, dad, you're really on your, like, you're that busy that you're on your phone all day. Like she was here the last two weeks and like, I mean, nonstop coaching calls, right. Or whatever it is that we're taking care of. She's like, man, you're really on your phone. I'm like, yeah, she goes, but they see that in us. And it makes them want to be better. It makes them want to be hungrier. That's right. right. And, 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 and I don't want to go. I mean, I don't have no desire to go back to school. I don't, I'm, not that I don't need it, but I'll rather learn something new, not pertaining, pertaining to what I specialize in and apply it to my business. But I see them like pushing themselves and, and starting their little side hustle and, and doing these things. But without telling them, you need to do it, right? They see it. So they just mimic it. So my question to your audience is, what type of role model are you being to your employees? And what type of role model are you being most importantly to your family? Right. Because, because we get mad at our kids and you don't do this, right? But guess what? They're learning from you. <laughs> That's right. They're learning from you. It's, it's, it's like that. It's like that. I don't know if you remember that commercial back in the 80s from there where, 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 the, where, where the father, he, he rages into the bedroom and he has a shoebox of marijuana. Where? Why do you get this from? What are you doing? And then the kid just says, right? I was watching you, dad. Yeah. And he turns, he puts his head on and turns back. And what could he say? Right. Every, every, you know, I don't want to lie here and say a stat that I don't know is true, but I would, I would say mostly every kid wants to be like their mom or dad. I'd say that's probably accurate. Yeah. I don't want to say every, because I, I, but I would say mostly every, everybody wants to be like their old man and like you know, like your daughter, right? She's excited to show you that paper, yeah, because she admires you. You're her superhero. And here's what's bizarre. I, you know, I was listening to her talk the other day, and she was saying something and moving her hands. And as you've seen in this our short conversation here, like you see, I, I talk with my hands. You probably do the same thing. But I watched her and I'm like, you know, why did she do that? And then it hit me. I was like, oh, that's exactly how you explain whatever it was she was explaining. It's exactly. I said, she spit it out just like you would. And you're annoyed because it was just like you. And I'm like, man, I got to pay better attention. I mean, it wasn't like it was a bad thing. It's just, it's just being aware, right? It's being aware that. If somebody else is paying attention when you don't think they are, they are. And I'll share this real this last little thing with you. And and it kind of goes to the story that you just said. When I was in, uh, so I went to the RTA Syndicate Live event in 2019. And, and in during that event, they played a video. And it, Daniel, I'm gonna tell you, I cried because it was um it was like I, I think the guy was Chinese. Doesn't really matter what he was, but the a guy and his daughter. And he would pack, the guy would pack his lunch every day. 
and he would walk his daughter to school and then he would just go sit in a park and wait for her to get done right and she thought he was going to work because he would like he would say you know oh daddy's off to work da, 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 after he you know says goodbye to her and I don't know, maybe a week or two. I can't remember the timeline, but essentially the daughter looked at him on that last clip of him walking her to school. And, and he said, you know, daddy's got to go get to work. And she was like, dad, like, you know, I know you don't go to work. You know, I know you, you, you don't have a job. And so it's okay. You don't have to tell me you're going to work. I don't care for you going to work, but it does bother me that you lie to me. And it just, I was like, oh, God. There's how many people, you know, maybe not that exact scenario, but, but we've all told our kids some form of a, you know, call it a white lie or, or call it whatever you want, because maybe it's in the best interest for them at the time. There's something you got. We've really got to pay attention to what we, what we say because yeah. those ears are listening. Yeah. And they want to be just like us. Right. And if you're that guy lying, not going to work, well, what do you think they're going to be like? Yeah. Be lying or, even, or even worse, you know, you know what, I mean? what you just triggered on me was, it, it surprises me how many small businesses that I go in there and, you know, we do an assessment of their business and I coach them through it. I'm like, okay, well, show me your books. I'm like, this is all you make? Oh, yeah. I'm like, everything. Well, not the cash deals. I'm like, well, how much is cash? And I'm like, and then you wonder why your business isn't growing, right? I mean, you, you think you're screwing the government. You think you're shortcutting the government, but you're really, and I'm not saying that I do every, every penny to the cent, right? I'd be lying, but for the most part, I'm within $10 of my books every month, right? I mean, give or take, I'm going to, you know, I'll be walking down and whatever, a wristband or a book. That's why I say that because sometimes, you know, but, but I'll say for the most part, we're about $10 within what we did that month. And even no true story, I went back and I was just like, oh, my books were already done because I just I had to turn in my stuff here two months ago. That's why I'm talking about this is that it's like, I was looking at it, I was like, this isn't right. And it said a hundred dollars. And that, cause I was reviewing what we had made for the year. And I was like, no, they gave me a check for a thousand. So I went back and I double checked everything and it was a thousand, but I had to put a hundred dollars on the, on the spreadsheet. And then I was I, for a moment, I was like, well, well, maybe it was a hundred, right? You try to justify that, you know, the right. car line comes out and I said, you know what? No, I go, it was a thousand. Like, like I, I look back to the bank statement. It was a thousand dollar deposit. I said, no, I'm going to change it. It was no question. After I saw the bank, it's like, change it. And I truly believe because I changed it at that moment that God said, okay, now I can trust you. And we had a crushing, right? First quarter where we just like dominated what we did pretty much all of last year. But it was, if I would have, was, was, was my future of my business worth that thousand dollars? Well, they really $900 because to lie about it. And sometimes we make that decision and it's not easy. It's, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I've always been that straight and narrow. Right. But now where I'm at, I'm like, I, I would really want to succeed because I really want to make a difference for people in their life. And how can I go show people how to do business if I'm not doing business right myself? And okay. I'll tell you if your books ain't lined up and you're listening to this, you need to go back and line up your books. It's not worth it. You, you wonder why your business isn't working or you wonder, you, you, you think you're, you're having a, a shortcut here and then 
your shit's breaking down at home, that, that motor blows up on your car because you're not being honest. It, you, it, either way, somehow it comes back to you. That's right. it, it just does. It just, and unfortunately it does. And I knew that since I was a kid, because right when I was a kid and when I was little, when I was mischievous and, you know, I, I, I would shortcut or take something, a speaker would blow out on my car. I'm like, I know why, because I took something I shouldn't have taken, right? And not that I stole all these millions of dollars, but, you know, I take a, a, a radio or this, whatever, you know, being in, in middle school and it adds up, man. It, it, it's like you read what you sow and it's, it's one of those things that why not just sow good seeds? That way you get a good life and... You know, it, it's always just, I think sometimes too, I, I want, I want to end with this and let your audience know that by no means am I saying I'm perfect because I've walked around with shame and guilt and it sucks, right? You feel unworthy, you feel undeserving. And then that br big break comes that you, you've been wanting for, but you don't feel that you truly, you just don't deserve it because you just feel like, man, I don't deserve it. But I want to tell you this, that just because you made a mistake doesn't make you a mistake. Just because you failed doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't. So it's time you forgive yourself for those failures and those mistakes and know that God's grace, that, that Christ didn't die in vain, that he died for you because he loves you. He's already forgiven you. He's just waiting for you at the finish line. Come on, let's go. Get up. And that new level of happiness, that new level of fulfillment, that new level of business, it's there. By all means, I mean, I've, I've, I have screwed up so many times, but I can tell you that, do I abuse the grace of God? No, but I'm sure glad it's there, Corey. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And, you know, you're right. These things that we, these choices that we make, right, and, and it, it I'll, I just want to, I'll say this last part and, and then we'll wrap it up. But, you know, I think about, and I'm sure you heard about this, people that got PPP money, right? They got this money and then they went out and they bought a Lamborghini with it. And I'm like, well, that makes no sense. Why would you do that? Like that's, you, you may not feel that right now, but do you have any idea what's coming for you? That when, whenever they get all this stuff sorted out and they figure out, you went and spent that's insurance or that's maybe not insurance fraud but it's some kind of fraud it's i don't know what kind of fraud but it's definitely fraud and you just got to think before you make these decisions and i got to tell you if i hadn't been for all my mistakes i don't know that i would be so thank you for tuning into the successful life podcast we hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey remember greatness is a journey not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.